So now that we know that something that has been identified as muksa, meaning it is something that I don't have any use for on Shabbos, it's called muksa. And there's a category of keli shemalach One of the categories are the reason why I wouldn't use it on Shabbos is because its typical function is to do a malacha. So lahalacha, that is muksa. However, since this item has other intrinsic use, so it is not the most stringent of the categories of muksa. And as we know from the Gemara, one could move it, let's gufa, if you need the item itself. You need a pen to keep your... Uh, keep your place in your book, or you need a hammer to prop open a window, it's mutter to move something that's serach gufai umakaimai. An interesting question is, can you move it if you don't need it right now? You'll need the hammer later to crack a nut. You'll, you'll need to, uh, the space on your couch later on in the day. Can I move it now? Keeping in mind that I need it later. So the Shmir Shabbat paskins that yes, one could in fact move it now, even though you don't need it this minute, you'll need it later. And that would be another detail we left out from last year, that, that even if you don't need this immediately, you could, in fact, move it. So an example would be if someone has company coming later, and they have a pen on the couch, you can move it right now, and that is called Litzarach Mekaymai. So one of the practical examples that were given over the years, which is not really so practical today, as you'll see in a minute, was a car. So we'll use it as an example because it gets one to think, although today most cars... When you open a door, the lights are going to turn on. Something's going to happen, and it will be very difficult to say it's only a muksa shaila. But back in the day, you had these old cars, nothing happened. It was just a muksa question. Is a car muksa? So most people would assume a car is a keli, shemalach that its normal function is to drive, to, 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 uh, to heat up the gas, to have all these things. Those are called malacha, keli, shemalach Let's say you left your hat or your talus, you left it in your car. Can you open the door of the car or the trunk in order to take out your item? So assuming the lights are going off, halacha is, it's only a keli shemalachta l'isr. At this point, it's tzarech mekaymai, it's in the way. My talus is behind the door, so I'm allowed to open it in order to access my talus. That is called tzarech mekaymai. However, what if I have already... I've already uh, taken out my talus, and now the door is left wide open. Can I move the door and close it? So here, I don't need the door. I just want it closed. So here, the question is, is that called Litzarach Gufai? So I need this item to block squirrels and raccoons from coming into my car. So technically, one could argue, it's called Litzarach Gufay. I need the guf, the guf of the item, to block out any raccoon. But one could argue that this is not called Tzarach Gufay. Tzarach Gufay is only when it's a Shabbos need. It's something that I, I need to protect, something that's mutter for me. But what am I using in the car? There's nothing in the car that I can use in Shabbos. So, L'Halacha, the Paisim said, it will be a concern of moving it to Litzarach. However, if you have something in the car that could be used on Shabbos, you have a soda bottle, you have your Purell, you have something in the car, your pretzel bag, that is much to use on Shabbos. So in Echonami, you're allowed to protect that on Shabbos, and you can close the door, Litzarach um, Gufay. Additionally, there's a very simple Eitzah, that you could kick the door, you kick the door closed, and that would be called Total Begufay. That would be fine as well. Another interesting question is, let's say you have a washer, a, 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 a dryer, a dishwasher, 
and the door is either open and it's in the way someone might trip or it's closed and you need to access your socks on Shabbos. So again, if something electric is going to happen when you open and close the door, that is a different question. We're not dealing with that now. We're dealing with the strict question of muksa. If the only concern is muksa, is there any allowance to do it? So for most people in your home, if you're, if you're walking in your kitchen and you see a dishwasher that's open, the first concern is that someone might trip and get hurt. So it could be it's mutter to, to shut it anyways because of sakana. We'll see later on the Ramah says, all muksa is waived when it comes to sakana, uh, uh, a danger situation. So therefore, it'll be mutter anyways. But let's say no one's going to trip, but it's in the way. It doesn't allow people to walk through the kitchen. So then it'll be mutter, let's sarach, any of the space. However, in your laundry room, you don't necessarily have that mekaymai. Okay, some people use their laundry room even on Shabbos. They uh, store their Gatorade there or something. That would be a different story. But if you're not using that in Shabbos, then you, there will be no heter to, to close the dryer. What, what are you doing it for? It's not L'Tzarech Mekaymai. It's not L'Tzarech Kupai. So one would not be able to just close their dryer in their laundry room if no one's walking through there on Shabbos. What if someone needs the, to open the dishwasher to put something in? Let's say someone has a smelly pair of socks and they have nowhere to put it. They want to put it in their dryer. So that's called Tzarech Mekayme. It's in the way. I want to put my socks in the dryer. I can open the dryer. Again, no, no electricity is happening here. Assuming that's fit, that's the case. Open the dryer and put the socks in. That would apply to dishwashers as well. To ovens, all these things. It's called Tzarech Mekayme. I need the place. And therefore, I am allowed to move it. Since it's only a Kalish, you are allowed to move it. Tzarech Gufoy and Tzarech Mekayme. Another interesting question is, let's say you have a Shabbos clock. You have a Shabbos clock, you have a, a heating system, and it goes on and off over Shabbos. Can I turn the switch down when it's off? So when it's on, to turn the switch off would be necessary, maybe so depending on the situation, you're actually causing something to happen here. I'm just keeping the status quo. For example, your three-year-old is turning on the lights on and off in their bedroom, and they're obviously not going to, not going to sleep. Can you wait for them to actually turn the light off? Once the light's off, pull the uh, string on the fan, and the light will no longer go on even if they turn the switch up. So the question really is, is the string muksa? Is the string muksa? Is the light switch muksa? And then you cannot move it? Or do we say no, that these things are not muksa? So one could argue that these items are called kalim shemalach tila iser, that it's malacha is to turn on and off a light and to turn on and off a fan. So that's a keli shemalach tila iser, and you could move it letzarach gufayu makaymai. So if I need the space, it's in the way, I need the chain to be lower so that it doesn't activate the light when the light switch is turned on or I need the switch to be off. So when the, the Shabbos timer kicks back in, the heat is off, the fan goes off, not goes off, it stays off. So the halacha, it will be called being mutter letzarach gufay umakaymai. There is one caveat to this, which is a very interesting uh, thought, and that is, if when Shabbos came in, these switches were on, so then maybe when Shabbos came in, the switch doesn't just have the status of keli shemalach iser, it should be called muktzamach mas iser, that I wouldn't be able to touch it when Shabbos came in. And since we know once something is muktzam when Shabbos comes in, it retains that status for the rest of Shabbos, so perhaps if the light was on when Shabbos came in, the switch would be called a keli muktzamach mas iser, 
and it will be usher throughout the entire Shabbos. If that will be true, assuming this is all correct, then when, then when starting the switch, one should do it, use your teeth, use your nose, so uh, you would avoid the question of moving muksa. Perhaps it would have a more stringent muksa than your regular keli shemalachtel iser. This would apply to something plugged in as well. Let's say you have a fan that's plugged in, and then someone turns it off, and you just want to unplug it because you don't want it going on and off the whole Shabbos. So as long as it's not on when you unplug it, it's only a question of muksa, and it should be muttered to move it at sarach mukaimai. However, given the fact that it might have been on, and there might be this shita out there, that migu ben that you weren't allowed to unplug it when Shabbos came in, so therefore it's better in these situations to do it the gufa using your body, but not to actually use your hand to to uh, to, to, to to remove it. One more uh, halacha born on the bear halacha that. <clears throat> When we try to figure out what is considered muksa, we look at its primary use. So a very interesting question is a pot. A regular cooking pot is used for two things. It's used to store food, and it's also used primarily to cook. So is that called a keli shemalach iser, or is that called a keli shemalach heter? So the Bi'alacha actually brings down that it's machlekes in the Rishonim. It could be Items can have two functions. However, we are machmer that we try to figure out the main, the primary use, as long as the primary use is to cook, if that's the primary use of your pot. So the pot would be a keli shemalach And therefore, a person cannot simply move a pot all over the place unless they need the guf or they need the makam. If there's food in the pot, so then the pot becomes bottle to the food. We see this all over Masech Shabbos. Primarily, we see this when it comes to when it comes to carrying on Shabbos. The Mishnahis talk about what's the minimum amount of food you have to carry in order to deserve the punishment uh, of being machal Shabbos. So there, you're using a container to carry your wine, yeah, holding wine in your hands, but the container is bottled to the wine. So many Nachmanim say the same thing should apply here. That if your pot contains food, your chalim pot, it's not muksa at all, because the pot is considered bottled to the food. So for the most part, pots that have food in it are fine, no worries. If there's no food in the pot, so then if you need the pot to put things in it, that's called tzarech gufay. If it's in the way, it's tzarech mukaymay. The only thing would be to stamp, to rearrange your, your cabinets, some that you would not be able to do that on Shabbos, because your pots are indeed muksa. So next time we'll talk about when you picked up muksa by accident, I don't know, you found a tag on your, on, your, uh, on your suit, and it's in your hands. What do you do? What do you do that once you've picked it up, is there any allowance that, oh, it's in your hand already, you're good to go? Or do we say, no, you have to drop it on the spot?